Who has the best offensive coaching staff in the NFL? We're tiering all 32 situations today on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. You are Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dude, your daily podcast for NFL and college football scouting. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's better than this? It's guys being dudes here on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. We're the Draft Dudes. I'm Joe Marino from Locked On Bills. He's Kyle Krabs from Locked On Dolphins. And we are your NFL experts here with you daily to talk team building across the league on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast with the Draft Dudes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'd like to thank you for making Locked On NFL Scouting your first listen every day. And a big welcome and shout out to our everydayers. You know who you are. Those of you who never miss a single episode, we appreciate y'all being here very, very much. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook the official sports book of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash on today to get started. Joe, happy draft dude switch gears from roster evaluation and coaching evaluation day to you. We did obviously takes on takes on Thursday night for Friday show. We now are going into coaching staffs, and we've put all the coaching staffs offensively, not Offensive coordinators, right? There's a lot of newness. Mm -hmm. If you're a successful offensive coordinator, you're probably going to get a head coaching job pretty quick. Um, So there's a lot of newness for offensive coordinators. So we said, okay, let's let's think about the head coaches with offensive backgrounds, the offensive coordinators, the supporting staff, and let's put them in the buckets. And that's what we've done for today on the show with the objective being unveiling the tiers that we've put these offensive coaching staffs into. Two follow-up points to what you just said. First of all, if you guys haven't figured out, Kyle and I like evaluating things and tearing mm. things and, and categorizing things, and that's going to be a big part of what we do on this podcast. Uh, number two, Kyle, you mentioned newness. And in doing the research for this podcast, I was blown away to learn that only seven coaches, seven offensive coordinators right now in the NFL have been with their current role since 2022 or longer than 2020 longer than 2022 only seven offensive quarters in the nfl have held their job for longer more than two than, more than three quarters of the league that's incredible yeah. absolutely incredible offensive coaching's in demand it's an offensive league they say they do so are you ready i am ready uh one more distinguishment we are not predicting the best 32 offenses in a row today that's not our our strategy at all. We're trying Correct. to tier the quality of coaching that we believe exists on each team through the lens of the offense. And and not just a single dynamic, the right. entirety of the staff. Yeah. It's a very important note because there's going to be some names uh, from a, a name perspective that maybe aren't in the God tier, which is our top tier, <laughs> that you might say, oh, but that offense is awesome. And it's like, yeah, but from a personnel standpoint, mm-hmm. it's really good. They might not have the assistance that they've had from a pipeline perspective previously that has taken away from some, from some of the depth. And that's okay. It doesn't mean, again, like Joe said, that this is not that we're predicting it's not going to be a top whatever offense. It's just looking at the complete picture from, strictly speaking, a coaching standpoint. And spoiler alert, what you're going to see is we're going to take these and we're going to interweave them into the roster rankings. And we're going to take hey coaching rankings and interweave that into the roster rankings and the offensive coaching staff rankings and the defensive coaching staff rankings. 
and it's going to give us a singular composite that takes into account everything. And that is going to be what is going to determine what our roster power rankings or what our team power rankings are for this upcoming season. Shall we? Let's do it. And we want to lead off with the best tier, right? The Green God tier. Yeah, we thought about this. Like, we're going to go backwards to best. What's the plan here? It's like, no, let's no. start off the conversation by letting the world know who we think has the best offensive staffs in the NFL. It's the God tier. And how many? We have eight teams in the God tier. Yeah, third uh, quarter of the league. Some Some outstanding coaching jobs that were showcased last year um at least one of these coming back from a hiatus away away. yeah yeah. um andy reed though was the first name that came to mind and even with the departure of eric bienemy having matt Nagy with his experience coming back into the fray uh that sum of what that coaching staff looks like obviously from a scheme perspective uh, stands out, and I think he would not be surprised to find out that the next two names on the list are Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay slash Mike LaFleur, the new offensive coordinator with the Rams either. Schematically, they're doing all the right stuff. Yeah, Chiefs, 49ers, Rams, kind of the top of the God tier, if you will. Just the, the first ones. Yeah, that, the first ones that come to mind, if you will, but the God tier. children, the poster it, children extends to well the Don Denver Broncos Sean Payton that guy's had one heck of a career coach in offensive football obviously a lot of questions about how it comes together in Denver but you can't help but look at his resume of coaching offense and not put him in this tier and man I I'm excited about the personnel that he has in Denver and in mm-hmm. you know resurrecting the Russ. on the outside and I'm here for it man yep good running backs offensive line they've certainly put a lot into it you couldn't possibly think we were going to do this exercise and we were not going to have Dougie P oh, and Jacksonville imagine thinking and, and Press Taylor in the God tier. It's my favorite coach in the league. It's Doug. Well, and, and what I can really appreciate about Doug is that we saw him do special things with Philly and win a Super Bowl. And a lot of that was predicated on scheme and how he was able to be situationally awesome, whether it was yes. like, like third and fourth downs, red zone, uh, two point decisions, like just phenomenal. And then you saw that start to come together quickly with the Jaguars. Yeah. Um, and all those, and all those questions people had about the money they gave to Evan Ingram and Christian Kirk and Zay Jones. The joke was on all of us because Dougie P went out there and got big time production out of all of those guys. Right. Right. Calvin uh, Ridley is going to blow up over there. The last two names in the God tier are in the God tier because they were outstanding from a scheme and game plan perspective, but they did so without talent last year in Detroit with Ben Johnson and New York with Brian Dable slash Mike Kafka. What those two teams were able to do last year scheming, I don't want to say everything, (laughs) but they had to work a lot harder than some of these other guys did to have successful offenses last year because they just didn't have the talent at the end of the day that the other ones did. Yeah, with Ben Johnson in Detroit, I don't think you're going to find a more creative run scheme and how the play-action game is built off of that is just incredible. I love that. And one of my favorite things about the realization of Ben Johnson in Detroit last year was I'm not. we're high on Jared Goff. We like Jared Goff, right? 
Yeah. But like, can we be real about this personnel that he had last year? I mean, if everyone's healthy on the offensive line, it's one of the better offensive lines in the game, but the middle three were banged up all year long. They they had TJ Hawkins and they trade him away. It's Brock Wright at tight end. Amon Ross St. Brown's your only meaningful receiver. You know, Jamal Williams was, I mean, a good player throughout his career, but he went out and broke Barry Sanders' touchdown record last year. DeAndre Swift, like, never really put it together. He got so much out of that unit. And then so take much. all that and apply it to New York yeah. with Isaiah Hodgins being right. the guy down the stretch. Yeah. And what's interesting about Brian Dable is obviously last year was impressive, but I think you couple that with the last, what, four years with Josh Allen and the mm-hmm. Bills and just how much Brian Dable was willing to try things to figure it out. Like that offense just continued to look different year over year. And, you know, I think once the personnel stabilizes with the Giants, I mean, they're going to be really exciting offense. Yes. Did we mention the Eagles in this tier as well? We, we have the um, no, because we were we were oozing over Dougie uh, P. Dougie P. Yeah, so we kind we of lost right over. So Philadelphia with um, Nick Sirianni and Brian Johnson, obviously they had a big coaching staff departure, yeah. uh, but but still, when you looked at at what they were able to do last year to push all the right buttons down the stretch and just the plethora of ways in which they challenged you and how successful they were in their high leverage game situation calls yeah uh, i think that's where philadelphia earned their footing here as well so the god tier the chiefs 49ers rams broncos jaguars eagles lions and giants we've got one two three four five more tiers to get into but first we do need to tell you about fanduel take your first swing at betting major league baseball on fanduel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's $200 that you can spend betting everything from the money line to over-unders to who you think is going to hit that first home run. All on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on Major League Baseball than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash on. Daniel, official partner of Major League Baseball. So there were probably some teams that fans were expecting to hear that they didn't get to. Our next year is only two teams long, but it's great but new. AK, we don't know what it's going to look like exactly yet. But we know that the Carolina Panthers, with Frank Reich, Thomas Brown, and Jim Caldwell. I'm forgetting somebody. Josh too, McCown. Josh McCown, Deuce Daly, Deuce Daly, never what ends. A, what a staff! <laughs> never ends. It's so deep, but it's brand new. Yeah. You got a ton of new pieces. We got to see how you do with it. And the other one is the LA Chargers with Kellen Moore leaving Dallas. Joe in the pre-show was very quick to mention Kyle. Kellen Moore is one year removed from coaching the number one offense in football. They can run the ball well. They're aggressive down the field from a passing perspective. Uh, they are very potent with explosive plays. You get that in Los Angeles with the skill group that's there and Justin Herbert. What a stark change that's going to be for Justin Herbert. Um, great but new is category number two that we've put teams into. Kyle, I know that people have questions about me being an NFL expert based on me not knowing the difference between who day and who dad. Yeah. Um, but I, I feel like 
something very important to offensive football to measure it is scoring points, right? Would you say that's a big I big would say deal? that's the, the more points you score, the better yeah. chance you probably have to win a football. Yeah, like at, at its basic concept, football is about scoring more points than the other team. Kellen Moore, four years on the job with the Dallas Cowboys, his scoring offenses have ranked one, 14, one, and 11, keeping in mind the 14 year was the, the Dak was the injured Dak for, for like 11 games yeah. year. Twice. He had the number one scoring offense, Kyle. It's very interesting. Yeah. It feels good. It feels like a good thing. Um, we have more coaching staffs that are great, that we've identified as great. As a matter of fact, we have 10 more beyond the two that we've, we, we did the God tier. We did great, but new. Now we have great, but with questions. So for some of these, it's personnel versus depth of scheme. For some of these, it's small sample size. For some of these, it's small sample size, but you need to evolve and change some of your tendencies to take your offense to the next level. We got about a third of the league in here. Yeah. I think a great example of the first part that you were talking about with, all right, you have a very good statistical offense. You also have really good players, but I also kind of question your ability to get more out of it. And, and I think the Bengals are a perfect example of that. I think the Bills are a perfect example of that, where Ken Dorsey, Brian, Brian Callahan, Zach Taylor, like, okay, good. You're, offenses are really really good could they be better and i think that's that's a good example of that piece of this classification of coaches that exist um a good example of the last example that i gave which was your offense was great but you need to change some tendencies is the miami dolphins with mike mcdaniel and how we got lopsided at times there were issues with communication at times where they're getting the play call in late and taking self-inflicted wounds and delays of games that set you back an extra five yards on third and mid. And now it's third and long and it snuck up that it bit him in the playoff game. So for Miami as an example of a, a staff that between Mike McDaniel is the play caller, Frank Smith is the offensive coordinator. They have some really, really like Wes Welker, really good wide receivers coach. Um, they have good coaching, but there needs to be, some adjustments from year one of, of doing that to year two for you to elevate into what we perceive to be the highest of tiers. So that's, that's good examples of of a few of those. And and, and one that is great, but with questions and the questions are, I just have no idea what this is going to look like is Baltimore. Yeah. With you, you were very quick, Joe, to reference Todd Monken and his resume with how successful that offense was when Monken was in Tampa Bay. Mm -hmm. But this is such a stark, departure from what Baltimore has been that you kind of want to see, okay, how do you marry that success with what the strengths of this current roster are and how can you walk that tightrope? Yeah. And I think, I think conceptually it sounds exciting based on what he did get out of Tampa. Obviously the Georgia run um, has, was really good. And then kind of applying that to Lamar Jackson, I get excited, but I need to see what it looks like and and how the it truly does come together. Um, 
We've got Indy in this tier, which is an interesting situation with like Shane Steichen, Jim Bob Cooter. Um, and some, pretty, some pretty successful yeah. offensive play callers. Yeah. It's one of those things like with the Eagles situation last year and kind of plucking apart, you know, now we have Nick Sirianni in one spot. We have Shane Steichen in another spot. It's like, all right, well, what's it look like without each other? Right. Um, it's kind of like, ironically enough, Philadelphia when Reich left Doug. Yeah. Yeah. And like neither one of them captured the same magic. Right. Like there right. was still, they were still successful. They both had winning seasons, but it yeah. wasn't that Super Bowl run. Right. Um, uh, Washington's in this group with Eric Bieniemy. Obviously, he's been such a uh, applauded offensive coordinator being in Kansas City for the past several seasons, but going to a new team that kind of hits refresh on expectations. There's a quarterback here in Sam Howell that you've put a lot of eggs in this basket as a fifth-round pick. Uh, I think that's a great example of you have a great resume, but we still have questions before we're ready to put you in the highest of stratospheres. And Green Bay's another one for a different reason. LaFleur, Matt LaFleur has been one of the most successful head coaches in his first three seasons. What, he went 13 games in each of his first three seasons as the head coach of the team? Three years in a row. And the offense was great. You had had an NFL MVP, a quarterback, for consecutive seasons in that stretch of time. But Aaron Rodgers is gone, so now you have a quarterback change. How much of what your offensive success was came down to – Aaron himself, how much of the scheme is going to be elevated without Aaron? Uh, what is your balance going to be on how you call games? All of those things, like it's impossible to deny the Matt LaFleur resume of what he's accomplished, but it's impossible to act with any level of confidence that we can, we know how that's going to grade out this year. We've also got the Atlanta Falcons in this tier. Um, Arthur Smith, obviously the head coach, uh, Dave Ragone, the offensive coordinator. Um, and I, you look at the whole body of work with Arthur Smith and you like can appreciate what he tries to do. You can also appreciate that maybe he hasn't ever really had great talent. You know, I mean, he's had good pieces for sure. Um, but has he ever had like a really complete situation where you're like, wow, he's got a quarterback, he's got a run game, he's got receivers. And he still finds ways to be productive. Um, and so how does he string this together? Now we like the Falcons offensive line. That feels good to say Desmond Ritter's a quarterback. And then you have this young trio of weapons in Bijan Robinson, Kyle Pitts, Drake London. Those are three top 10 picks in the last three years mm-hmm. at skill positions. Like there's no doubt you have talent, but how does it, right. How but, does it mature? Exactly. And, and quickly, right. With, right. You, with, you with the developing now. young quarterback. Yeah. You, you've talked a lot about developing players around a developing quarterback in the past. And I think that's the area for Atlanta where if the flag is going to go up or this season is bumpier than maybe they would hope that it is, that feels like a looming threat as to why. Yeah. We also have Minnesota, and I think Seattle's the only other team that we did not acknowledge in this bucket. I think for Minnesota, I mean, the top 10 unit last year um... – how does it evolve? And I, I give them a lot of credit for last year. I mean, they had to work together this, you know, a couple, a new star, a rookie guard and in Edgar Ingram who struggled last year um, in you know, year one. I think they got good 
production on the Kirk Cousins, obviously Justin Jefferson special. Um, but you know, how does this sustain moving forward? Right. Uh, Dalvin cook's no longer there. That's always, that's been a player they've been able to lean on for a long time. And Dalvin cook didn't have a great year last year, but like you've got Alexander Madison Mm -hmm. now stepping into that. Has Alexander Madison ever been a high efficiency player as a ball carrier? Spot starts are good, but who knows what it looks like when he's, he's the guy. So when you go with questions, I mean that, that for me is, is where it is, is you, you took pretty, a pretty critical personnel shift. Yeah. Um, and how do you take that in stride? And then for Seattle, uh, the, the Geno Smith glow up, but it tailed at the end of last year. Mm-hmm. So I think that for me with the questions that I have in Waldron, ironically is one of the seven that's been in, in place longer than 2022. Yeah. But, um, the way that season ended offensively versus what it looked like in the first 10, 12 weeks of the season, I think is where we could say this, we really like your resume, but that's the question that we have. So the great, but with questions tier includes the Bengals, Packers, Dolphins, Commanders, Vikings, Seahawks, Bills, Colts, Ravens, and Falcons. We've got three more tiers to dive into right after a very quick break. Our next tier is kind of sus. It's the title. It's kind of sus. So we're not just being cute here. That's what we're a little worried. And the teams, I'll read the teams. We have what six. I believe it's six. Yeah. We have the Las Vegas Raiders, New York Jets, Dallas Cowboys, the Cleveland Browns, the New England Patriots, and the New Orleans Saints. Are the six teams in the kind of sus. Where do you want to start? I'll start with the Saints. Peep Carmichael's the longest tenured offensive coordinator in the NFL. He is. 2009, he got that Nine, job. 2009. With, with the Saints. But you, it's what's so crazy about that is, despite being the NFL's longest tenured coordinator, do we really know? Do we really know, right? He was with Sean Payton for that entire stretch, and then the last couple of years has been absent of Sean Payton. And I think you can appreciate some of the dynamics that he's been able to pull out of that unit, especially last year with Andy Dalton and a lot of injuries at you know receiver and um, some of the key players that he was counting on not being available. Um, so I think we're going to, I think we're going to learn more about Pete Carmichael this year with Derek Carr. And um, you know, we obviously recently talked about the saints, but do we know, do we know how good he is? No, we don't know. Um, I'll bite on new England. They yo-yoed everything last year, right? And I think if you, if you, if we did this last year and we did not, New England's offensive coaching staff would have been dead last in a tier of its own, right? Yes. The writing was on the wall, so this is a dramatic upgrade, regardless. Mm-hmm. Um, but Bill O'Brien, you kind of caught me off guard when we were talking about Bill at first because you went into like the history of success of Houston offenses yeah. under Bill O'Brien. I don't know if you have those numbers off up off the top of your head, but do uh, for all of the reputation that Bill O'Brien has, the tangible resume that he has to show for it probably doesn't align with what your expectations might be because of the name Bill O'Brien. Yeah. Is his offenses in Houston's you want yards or points? 
Uh, let's do points first because we already made the pun yeah. about yeah. points giving you better chance to win football yeah. games. So scoring offenses in Houston, 2020, 18th, 2019, 14th, 2018, 11th, 2017, 17th, 2016, 28th, 2015, 21st, 2014, 14th, right? So like middle of the pack, kind of average scoring resume, again, significantly better than what they had last year, but it's not like Bill O'Brien shows up and all of a sudden you've got a top 10 scoring offense. In fact, that's literally never happened except for his one year with the Patriots in 2011. But the aggregation accounts would tell you that if the Patriots signed Dalvin Cook and DeAndre Hopkins, they'd have a top five offense this year. I would love to make a bet on that. (laughs) In fact, I would Um, would argue that those aren't even the right players to add to the offense. That would really move the needle. I agree, but that's neither here nor there. Right. Um, The Browns, Alex Van Pelt. Kevin Stefanski. Stefanski was awesome his first year in Cleveland, right? That team won 11 games in a playoff game, mm-hmm. if my memory serves me correct, and took Kansas City took over the ropes. to the yeah. wire. Yeah. Um, it has not been pretty since offensively. And a lot of that, the first season, Baker Mayfield being hurt, playing hurt, was kind of the scapegoat. And then this past year, obviously, you have Jacoby Brissett, who plays reasonably well, and then you transition back to Deshaun Watson, who you invested $230 million and three first-round picks into in the midst of everything that he had going on, and he plays horribly. So I think the thing that makes Cleveland kind of sus is your peak offensive performance under this staff, your two two plus years removed from and anytime that it goes that long kind of the flags start to wave right it's your beige flag waving here it'd be like hey we might have something to be worried about and that is the definition of kind of sus for the jets and nathaniel hackett in this group um i know that he had some success with aaron Rodgers in green bay obviously but it's gonna be hard to forget anytime soon the what fiasco like that, last year yeah that was denver and then like um, he had one good year of the 2017 Jaguars, the ultimate outlier team of outlier teams. You know what I mean? Like the Bortles, glow none, up nothing made sense about that team, whether it was the sacks or, or the offense, it didn't make sense, but he wasn't good in Jacksonville. He wasn't good in Buffalo is one year, two years there either. So he's good with Aaron Rodgers in green Bay. I don't know how good he is with Aaron Rodgers in New York with, under these circumstances. I know his last year wasn't very good. Most of most of Hackett's career has been sus. And then we have two more teams, uh, Dallas and Las Vegas. Dallas, obviously, you're you're giving Mike McCarthy play calling duties after Kellen Moore and the offensive success that that's been had there, and just how they've alluded to when Mike McCarthy comes out and says, "I don't want to have the top offense in the league. I'd rather play complimentary football." And right, it's. It's a sus statement at its core. So that in itself with Brian Schottenheimer coming in, he was an analyst for the team last year, new offensive coordinator, McCarthy calling plays. The last time McCarthy was in those shoes, it didn't end particularly well. I think all of that adds up for for Dallas to be, hey, you've got plenty of talent. The question offensively, good news for Dallas is defensive staff, you're going to be the God tier. Mm-hmm. Right. 
but all your offensive staff, that's where the questions lie the most. And maybe you're a Dallas fan. You're saying, well, we got Mike McCarthy and Brian Schottenheimer, who, I mean, there's, that's incredible experience with it is coordinating experience. offense. But like, also, as the league has evolved, those two people have not necessarily aged well. Right. So, And then Las Vegas with Josh McDaniels yeah. and the quintessential my scheme over anything else and what their personnel decisions have looked like in an effort to realize that it's it's Patriot way, right? And anytime you see Patriot way try to be replicated, it usually doesn't go well. So that is why, even though McDaniels is an offensive variation of Patriot way, nevertheless, if that's your affiliation, we're going to regard you as kind of sus until you have sustained success. It's kind of sus. The Saints, Patriots, Browns, Cowboys, Jets, Raiders. Two more tiers. The next one is put up or shut up. Two teams in this tier where it feels feels kind of make or break for these these guys. Um, Matt Canada, Pittsburgh Steelers, very obviously in this tier. Um, He's actually one of the seven to be hired before 2022. So good for you, Matt Canada. Continuity. (laughs) Right. Uh, And then Luke Getze with the Bears. And, I mean, he's only entering his second season, but it feels like – it has to happen this year with Justin Fields, or else you may have to reconsider some things about what your plan is on offense. Somebody's head would be on the chopping block if all, yeah. if Chicago's not good offensively this year. Right. And they, they've gone out and got the personnel now. So you don't have the same excuses of, of yeah. how poor the, the offensive personnel was. Yeah. And year over year with, this, with the same coordinator with Fields. And then we have four teams in the new and no clue. We have no clue how this is going to go for you. We're intrigued to see how it plays out, but it's Tampa Bay with Dave Canales. It's your offensive coordinator. It's Tennessee with Tim Kelly. It's Houston with Bobby Slowick, and it's Arizona with Drew Petzing. It's your offensive coordinator. Petzing's young, man. We'll see. So is Bobby Slowick. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. I, so, who knows? Who knows? The Wild West is those last four teams. We're not saying you're bad. We're not saying you're good. We got no clue. (laughs) So excited to see them declare themselves. Uh, But that is the tiers that we have placed these 32 offensive staffs in. We hope you guys enjoyed this jaunt through the NFL from an offensive perspective. Uh, Joe, defense tomorrow. Is that correct? That's the plan. Yes, sir. We're going to do the defensive coaching staffs tomorrow, which will be a lot of fun as well. Different tiers, I would imagine. I, I can't. Imagine we would replicate all of the same tiers. You might see some overlap, but maybe some new ones. So I'm going to keep you on your toes. You're going to keep it locked in here on Locked on NFL Scouting. I'm Kyle Krabs. He is Joe Reno. Shout out to our everydayers who keep it locked in with us on a daily basis. You can find us on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Make it a great rest of your day. We'll be back again tomorrow. Peace.